Hey, TK Show, sponsored by South County Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram, Northern California's number one volume dealer. Check them out at southcountychryslerjeepdodge.net or drive a little and save a lot at Friendly Gilroy. from the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Area News Group, it's the TK Show. Now here's your host, Tim Kawakami. Everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show Special Edition, because uh, it's really good to be speaking to someone I've talked to a lot, uh, one of the best people I've ever met, not just in sports, but anywhere. That's enough nice things to be said here. <laughs> Let's have a conversation with, with a very familiar, very familiar face, NBA Hall of Famer. Long-time warrior. We know all the backstory. Chris Mullen. Chris, how you doing today? Great to have you on the show. Great. Nice to be with you. And look forward to chatting. Okay. Well, obviously, we saw you at that uh, Western Conference uh, Finals trophy presentation out in San Antonio. Uh, did you get a, you know, you've been around some of these guys, I'm sure. Did you just get a sense while you were there, or the chemistry, or uh, maybe a little different look at some of these guys? Absolutely, Tim. Um I mean, when you watch them, I think it's pretty obvious of their their high talent level and their skill level. Um, two things impressed me that night. One was uh, their kind of uh, lack of celebration, mm-hmm. you know, excitement, because I think they have a, a bigger vision in mind, obviously, with the finals coming up. So it was pretty amazing to see a team um, that's, that's so used to winning it's so routine for them, but the, the focus, the focus on the finals was, was impressive. And then I always, you know, watch different uh, interactions with players, whether it be during the game, coming out of time, you know, coming out when they're sub four. And the, the thing that sticks out about this team, you know, obviously you got you got Steph and KD, uh, Draymond and Clay, but I'm really, really impressed with how uh, I think partially Steve Kerr, of course, the way he's developed his bench, but also the way those four superstar players empower the rest of the team. You know, when, when they make a sub, these guys come in firing, and they come in confident, and they, and they, they seem to not, not only know their role, but really flourish. Yeah, when when you were, let's just compare it to a couple Warriors teams, the one, you know, the, the run TMC team, do you think Nelly was was looking towards something like this? I mean, is this the evolution from something like Run TMC to to where the Warriors are now? Just the style, the the spread, the ball, the the, the shooters all over the floor, the big man kind of pulled out a little bit from 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 underneath the rim. Did, did you see a, a connection there from some of the things you guys were doing and what the Warriors are doing now? No question. I think Nelly, you know, I should say he was ten years ago. He might have been thirty years ahead yeah. of everybody else. You know, as far as style of play. Um, Nelly always preferred skill and speed over size. Mm-hmm. You know, he wasn't shooting. You know, he wasn't ball handling. He wasn't passing. You know, his Nelly, Nelly's pedigree was really from the Celtics. You know, so it was it was a fast style. It was more based on ball movement than it was dribbling. Did you? Um, so I think that style, that style, Nelly implemented. Um, like I said, more from the late '60s, early '70s of the Knicks and the Celtics. Um, Great Halsman and Red Auerbach. Mm-hmm. But again, these guys are just taking it to another level as far as their incredible shooting, their passing, uh, movement, movement without the ball, 
Um, and, you know, you see this routine 30 assist nights, which is, which is just a joy to watch. Do you see, I mean, I, I've heard you praise Steph Curry uh, very, very sharply, very interestingly. I mean, do you see him as a leader? I mean, as someone who's been in locker rooms, we don't always see him talking on the floor. He, does, he says some things. But do you feel that kind of quiet leadership from him? I do because of the way he carries himself. You know, I think Steph, um, you know, obviously the way he performs on the court, you know, the things that he does are really, um, the only way you can do them is, is by, by putting in the repetition, putting in the work, you know, the ball handling, the dexterity, the shooting. Um, and he's very unselfish with his screen setting. Uh, I think he's always been, you know, a hard-working defender. And he's gotten better. So, you know, that, that speaks for itself. But I think when a guy of his stature, you know, has that easygoing personality, he seems to reach out for, to everybody on the team, connects with everybody. It doesn't. It's not always the loudest guy that's the leader. I think sometimes over time that becomes more appreciated. It's just his daily routine. Um, and it's, 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 his quietness actually probably makes him more of a leader. Um, you know, I see a guy like Ian Clark. You know, who's a, really a knockdown shooter, but now you see him moving out the basketball. I think that's a direct uh, correlation to Steph. What Steph has done, you know, added to his game. Um, so yeah, I think I think he's the leader of the team. I know when you watch the team play, he's the the biggest threat because of you know when he crosses half court, literally <laughs> you have to start yeah. the defense starts reacting and. uh and with that, it puts the rest of his teammates in great positions to to, uh, to succeed. What, what would be your position on this team, Chris? You stretch four, you stretch four on this team. Oh my goodness! Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably be a five man by now. <laughs> setting sc- setting what, screens. Love, you know, the other thing, the other thing you brought up Nelly before was you know, having having numerous guys trail the break and mm-hmm. become the facilitators and the playmakers. So obviously, Draymond is tremendous at it. Um, you know, putting up triple doubles. Like see, as as of late. Especially in the San Antonio series, they put Kevin Durant there because I think San Antonio is trying to get them to go to Kevin in, in isolation to cut down the ball movement. And I thought Steve Kerr and Mike Brown did a nice job of actually had Kevin being the initiator. So the first thing he did was get the ball up and promote ball movement. Mm-hmm. So we got so many, uh, so many, so many different weapons they can go to. And, and I'll take connected to another Warriors team, 2017. We can count the 2007-2008 team, which was a pretty good team too. We believe uh, Baron Davis, Stephen Jackson, Al Harrington, all that. Uh, do you see some connection? What you were doing, what Nelly, Nelly version, whatever that was, three uh, was doing, was looking to do with what's happening with the Warriors now? Yeah, I think what we did there too, uh, Tim, first Tim, played, played four smalls, and at that time, and people probably don't remember, Andres Beaters yep. was really playing at a high level. Yep. He really was with that team. Um, so Barron being a catalyst, being the most talented player on the floor, you know, commanding double teams, being able to play in transition in the post, uh, shooting threes. Uh, and then the first, Stephen Jackson was, you know, a, you know, a, kind of point forward. You know, he can he could bang threes. He was a really good passer. Um, Al Harrington was we played him a stretch four, so he, we played that center sometimes. It really just put really a lot of pressure on the, on the defense, spread the floor. Um, but all in all, Barron was the guy in that team. Yeah. Barron was the most talented player um, on that team, and had, had a flair for the dramatic. And on any on any given night, he was the best player on the floor. So 
uh, now the Warriors have four of those guys. <laughs> it's seriously that on, on any given night and maybe every night they have, they have the four best players. Um, but the difference is to me, what separates this team is they play so well together. You know, that's, that's underestimated. I think, you know, look, Pat Rowley used to go through it. I think Phil Jackson, you know, these coaches that get these great talented teams, people think you just roll it out there and to a degree, you know, yeah, the talent's always going to win out. But there is a, you know, we'll use the word culture, chemistry, whatever that might be, playing together, playing the right way, whatever word you want to use, it still has to happen. All right, we'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. It's the Memorial Day sales event at South County Ram. The biggest Ram sale ever. 100 Rams must be sold. Lifted, lowered, diesel, heavy duty, light duty. Start your business with the Ram ProMaster. Make your profit to go. Check out these great deals. Ram 1500 Automatic, just $17,777. Ram 1500 Four Door, $21,777. Drive a little, save a lot in Gilroy. Well, I, I want to talk about what you were you were doing with that 2007 team, and then you get to the draft that year. You you were trying to get another monster player, and I think you got him, kind of. Kevin Garnett, 10 years ago, Chris. We, we've been talking about this in you and I for a while. Can you yeah. fi- finally give us a story on that? And I mean, you had, you had agreed to the trade with Minnesota. Is that basically what happened there? Well, af- after... Um that, that when the, the playoff series with Utah, um, you know, we, we, we had a, a nice group, but we were trying to figure out a way to bridge the gap. We had, we had a few young players, a few guys who were getting a little bit along, but we felt like we had enough, you know, I think, that, yeah, I think we had the seventh or eighth yeah, pick, seven pick. Might be. Yeah, seventh pick, I think. Yeah. Yeah, so we had a deal. We, we, we you know, we had a, uh, Kevin Garnett, was was getting ready to move. I think he was being very selective. Um, but it's at, at one point, you know, like our situation, um, and the exact deal was probably going to be more Minnesota's choice mm-hmm. because we we had a bunch. We had Monte, Andres, the pick itself, Jason, Barron. So we felt like whatever combination they took, we had enough. Whether it be Barron and KG or Monte and KG. So, yeah, it got really, really close. And then, um, you know, uh, it was vetoed. So we kind of, you know, you know, like I said, that, that, that would have been something that, uh, who knows how it turns out, right? Mm-hmm. KG went to Boston, they got right out, and then that story is history. Um, but for us, it was more of a way to keep that um, success going as opposed to being a one-hit one. So that's... Uh, lo and behold, Baron left and being We're losing you again here, Chris. You, you, you there? Yeah, we got you. We got you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Baron left, and yeah, things. You you did have it kind of ready to to, to go again. You said it was veto. It was vetoed by Robert Rowland and, and Chris Cohan. Yeah, I think at the at that time financially was not something um you know they weren't willing to go there at that time um so you know when, when things like that happen you have to just move on man that, and i just remember that draft night it, it, did did you pick brandon Wright for charlotte Is, did they make that pick or was that kind of just we'll take him and we'll, we'll see if that goes into the trade l- later 
No, um, when we, um, when the, when the deal was not going to go through, which was very, very close to, to the pick, we, we wanted Brandon, Minnesota wanted somebody else. Hmm. So if the deal was on, I can't remember who at that time, we would pick someone else, move, um, the pick and a few play, roster players, right? But Brandon was the guy that we wanted. Okay. But you were on yeah. the, you were on the phone with Kevin that night, correct? I mean, you, yes, correct. Wow. Correct. Wow. Yeah. I, it, it must have, I remember you walking out that night and Jason was you, w- maybe your favorite player on that team I mean is that safe to say on on the 2000s that that era I mean you love Jason it, yeah I was very close to Jason I liked his work ethic very talented great guy yeah so um it's funny because you know for a while there obviously he was upset with me um we've reconnected since and um, I, I explained to him what happened, and he goes, oh, wow, I would have done that deal, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how, it, yeah, it's it's making moves and, and trying to create a, a, a better team. How how do you feel about your final years uh, with the Warriors? It's such a great career with them, doing some dramatic things in the front office, and it, it didn't end well. Do, do you look back and say, man, that was rough? Uh, I know that was rough for you to kind of go through, or do you just kind of walk away from, okay, it happens, you know, that's life in the big city sometimes? Um, yeah, like, I don't really look back to it. And look, it's been a few years, so time heals a lot. Um, I don't look at it like it was rough, you know, it's, it's like anything else, you know, you, you look at it as a whole, you know, and you do the best you can with the circumstances that you dealt, um, and look, it's, it's kind of like when you're playing, you know, everyone doesn't know the circumstances that goes into wins and losses, right? And, and, they, and so a lot of times they don't need to know. You do the best you can, um, you prepare, and like I said, you live with the, with the results. Uh, yes, a lot of times there's, there's frustrating, frustrating things that go on around you, but when, you, when you're up top and you got to make those decisions, you, you know going in, there's going to be some things you don't control. So... I really look at it uh, great experience. I, I, I held out. And, you know, I wasn't even quite sure I wanted to take that job yep. for years, you know. And then it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I, I need to, to take, you know, to go and put myself on the line, take risks. Um, good and bad things are going to happen, but you'll be better for it, you know. And that's kind of how I look at it. The experience itself has helped me in, in, in um, the things I've done since then. And I think they continue. They continually um, will help. You know, they, I, I, you know. Look, someone asked me yesterday, "Do you have any regrets?" Yeah, I have a lot of regrets, but not anything I hop on and it affects me in a negative way. I try and use it so when situations similar to that come up, I can not make that same mistake again. Hmm. You, you, you were. What's your relationship been like with Joe Lacob and, and Peter Gooper uh, since they took over? Uh, you were there for 2012 as a Chris Mullen jersey retirement night that was uh, pretty dramatic, and you you were very gracious. You you tried to get the fans to to, to stop booing Joe Lacob, uh, and I know he respects that. I respected that from you. Uh, what was that night like? Did, did was was that just a strange thing to go through? A new owner, your jersey night, and they were trying to reach out to you. It was just what, what was that whole situation like for you? Yeah, I'd say it was strange, uh, unexpected. Um, but again, another experience. I say this: a lot of people remember that Jersey time. I know that. <laughs> um, but 
Joe uh, and Peter, you know, from day one, I always felt like, you know, when you, when you, whether it be head coaching, GM, you know, even, even ownership, you really, you really a steward of that franchise, right? So it's, it's your, it's your job to leave it better than, than the way you came in. Um, and Joe, they came into a tough situation. They were, they had, they had a vision. Um, they, they verbalized that vision a lot. Yes. Which is, has come to, has come to fruition, but, um, as far as their dedication, um, look, how, how can you argue about anything that's been done here? Um, but it's funny, I was talking yesterday, me, me, Mitch, and Rob, when we were in the front office there, that's kind of like, we are always saying, man, people don't understand what great places is to play, right? right? So the Warriors have been through so many different stages. You know, and most franchises go through it, too. So we had Al Adams, you know, the, the number one Mr. Warrior, winning that championship. Um, I know when I came in 85, it was one of the worst franchises in the league. They were just kind of running out of money. Um, it went back up a bit, came back down, went back up. But now, you know, this is, this is the, the pinnacle of a of, of pro, pro sports franchise. And and you've gotten a little closer to this franchise over the last few years, haven't you? I mean, I, I've seen you around more. It's great to see, I, I, and I, I, I believe it's important for franchises to reconnect to their important figures. Uh, do you feel a little bit closer to the franchise recently? Yeah, I've always stayed in touch. I've got some really, really good friends in that organization that, that I've known, you know, since 1985. So that's not going to change. Like I said, I've played a lot of different roles with the Warriors. Um, so friendships and, and, and those relationships go beyond wins, losses, job titles, things like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, ironically, you know, when, when I went back to New York, you know, my wife and daughter stayed here in the Bay Area. So I'm here a lot. I come in and out a lot. Um, so when Raymond Ritter or, you know, someone reaches out, I happen to be here, I, I would always do that anyway. Um, but I must admit, if I do get a call, my daughter's like, dude, that's dude, I want to go to the game. So there's a, there's a little more motivation uh, from that standpoint. But, but you know, one thing I try to always do, and I was taught this uh, from my parents and, and, and other people, that try and, try and always um, exit the right way, you know, be selective on, on, you know, things you say publicly and, uh, you know, try and treat people the right way. It's, it's, it's really the long-term relationship is way more important than maybe um, getting your point across or, you know, maybe winning that argument. I'd say that's a, you were unbelievable uh, in, in that year, let's say 208, 209, when, when, they, when Robert Rowell and Chris Cohen were pushing you out and, you could have gone off, and I get you know it would have been good copy. But it would have been good a couple good columns or so, but uh, uh, you stay classy, and I appreciated that while it was happening. Was that hard? Um, you know, it's, it's, I would maybe equate it to if you know when you're an athlete, a lot of times guys will not reveal injury, right? Mm-hmm. So if you hurt, you know you can't play up to Paul, but you know whether you don't want your opponent to know, or just feels like you're making excuses. Um, so. Like I said, when you, when you take positions up top, you know there's going to be some things you don't control, but it's your responsibility, and I, I believe it's, it should be that way. And you take you take the uh, responsibility of, of what comes with that. So uh, I was always my mindset was ne- never wavered on that. Was it frustrating? Yeah, um, but again, you know the way I was brought up and, and even taught, you know, throughout my 
playing career and things, you just you handle things uh, quietly and um, to take your responsibility and move on. Was the Montiela suspension, which we know you, you did not want to happen, was that kind of the, the signal that was over for you? Oh, boy. It's a hard... Uh, yeah, I was definitely against that. I know that. Yep. Um, uh, but as far as... I, I, think, I don't think it's any one thing, mm-hmm. Tim. I think sometimes relationships get to a point where it's time to move on. Um, I think they were planning to move on, too, as we saw they eventually did, so... Yep. Again, you don't know all those all the things that are going on, you know, all the time. But you know, Chris and Bobby, I think, um, and much like myself, at that time we were gaining experience, you know, yep. so we were learning on the fly. Um, so I have no ill will. Look, I wish things could, you know, the things that you brought up. Yeah, I wish they could have went a different way. But like I said, to me, that that's that's part of life. And one thing is how you know what happens is is. You know, obvious, but then how you handle it's important, and then how you move forward with that uh, with that experience, and, and, and don't um, make the same uh, choices uh, and mistakes as you did in the past. Well, let's, the devil is talk about you in St. John's. Back to the alma mater. Uh, just finished your second year. By the way, I'd always were you ever sort of interested in, in coaching the Warriors at some point? You know what? I was approached a few times actually mm-hmm. um, about that. Um, but at that point in time, my, my, my children were younger. I just didn't really want to get back on that on that schedule, that travel schedule. So um, I had thought about it at times. But, you know, uh, when I was in Sacramento, uh, I started uh, thinking about coaching again. So I started putting some time in, went in my garage, got my playbooks out. Just started, you know, putting together a little if I did. You know, how would I handle it? You know, because when I was doing TV uh, for ESPN, you know, Jeff Van Gundy was always talking. He said, look, you're gonna, you know, you should start writing things down. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're ever going to do it, you know, because I was talking a little bit about it. So well, start writing down, you know, your philosophies for defense, your philosophies for offense and things like that. So I started doing that on my off time. Um, so just doing a little more prep work than I had ever done before. And then when the St. John's thing came up, um, I was like, you know what, I'm 52. If I don't do it now, I'm not going to do it. And I really like, um, I like that schedule to, to, to go into something that you're not quite sure, like you haven't done before. Um, but it's worked out great. I, I really like it. Um, the good thing is, over the years, the college game, from when, you know, from, you know, 100 years ago when I played, it's a lot closer to the NBA game. Now, it's not the NBA. I'm not saying that. But as far as the rules, it's gotten closer. So um, I still watch a lot of NBA. Obviously, all my instincts are from NBA basketball. And we can implement quite a bit with some adjustments in NBA style of play where, you know, when I was in college, there was no shot clock, no yeah. three-point line. It was, a, it was almost a different sport. Um, so I really, we really run it uh, similar to the, way, to, the way we ran NBA teams uh, as far as preparation, off-season training, uh, strength and conditioning, it's all really based around the NBA style because, as you know, Mitch Richmond's with me, I have yeah. Greg St. Jean, Gary's son, mm-hmm. but really we're, we're you know, lifetime NBA guys, but it has been um, it's been good to, to implement more of an NBA kind of uh, basketball style, and we're having fun with it. 
I know you're the man in New York. Do, when you recruit uh, outside of New York, do people remember your game? Do, do you do you get the reaction? Oh, you're Chris Mullen, or are you just a coach uh, out, out on the recru- recruiting trail? Yeah, you know what it is, Tim. I think that the parents of these kids mm-hmm. know who Mitch and I are. Um, the kids themselves, they know it's from video games. <laughs> and it I'm actually, good. I think I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually a better player in video games <laughs> than I was in person. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, now you got Ewing, uh, Georgetown. What, you're just going to get what Pink, yeah. Pinkney to coach Villanova, and you're going to just get all you guys back in there. It's great. Was that going to be that's... that going to be fun coaching against uh, Patrick Ewing? Yeah, I, I talked to Patrick. Um, you know, the week or two before, he was thinking about making that uh, making that choice. We chatted for a while about my experience. Yeah, it's pretty pretty unbelievable. It's actually. Uh, you know, like, like a time warp. I mean, when I go to when I go to St. John's games, it's really like you know you see guys from when you played that are still going to games. It's kind of it's like the twilight zone sometimes. Um, yeah. So when Patrick's down the other sideline, it's funny. We played them at the end of the year last year. We had a little heated uh, exchange. I saw that. And Patrick's son, Patrick's son was on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, so Patrick, you know, ninety two, he was a little kid on that dream team trip. <laughs> and now I'm I'm cursing him out. He's cursing me out. <laughs> And then, you know, after after the game, I shook his hand and said, are you going to come out there and beat me up like your dad did? He goes, nah, nah. No, nah, I love you, Mr. Mullen. I said, okay, man. And then and now the, now the old man is actually coaching, so, uh-oh, I don't know what we're going to do now. Yeah, you, you, you might have to just get back, drop on the cursing just a little bit, but that's going to be fun. That's going to be fun, <laughs> that's gonna be fun yeah. to watch. Uh, and I see you on the sidelines. You're, you're calm. You're a calm coach. You're just kind of... You know, you're not yelling at anybody. I knew, I knew you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be Mr. Coach Chris Mullen, but uh, you kind of let it you let the action flow. It's really fun to watch. It kind of it's it's a fluid kind of coaching, is the way I see it. Do you, do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, well, I try to do too. And it was, again, a lot of stuff I take from people that I played for. I think I think in coaching, what really comes out is your personality. You know, if you if you if you kind of force something else, you know, everyone's going to know. So in general, I don't like to yell and scream. I just don't. But, you know, I do sometimes, but I don't like to. Um, but I really focus on – I do most of my coaching in practice. And, and we, I'll go back in, in, a, in a few weeks here in June. Uh, June and July, we have the kids on in summer school. We can train them. I put a lot of time into the practice gym. That's that's, that's really fun. Now you, you get better as a player individually, team bonding, uh, skill work, condition, all that stuff. is That's where you really make your – you marked. Uh, so come game time, you know, the, the, we've done our work. And, you know, substitutions are important. You know, a lot, lot is made of, you know, ATOs, after timeout plays and things like that. But most of those things with the college kids anyway, you're going to run something that they know because you, do, you don't just draw something out because, you know, I don't think they have that ability to pick it up that quickly. Yep. Um, so really, to me, the most important thing is giving them confidence and, and just having them have them do what they did in practice where they succeeded. So, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, the guy will miss a shot and, you know, Mitchell says, oh, I said, didn't you watch him yesterday in practice? You missed that yesterday. Why are you so surprised? <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, a guy who's not a good free throw shooter misses too. Like, oh, I'm going, dude, he's a, he's a decent shooter. He, he's going to miss, so relax. <laughs> but, you know, it's fun. It, it, it's fun, you know, these young kids to really kind of nurture them. Like I said, give them the confidence to go out there and perform. I do not want them looking over their shoulder. Mm-hmm. I, you, you practice and train for a reason. I'll go play. 
Um, and it's fun having Mitch and Greg St. Jean with me. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been good. No, that's tremendous. I could talk to you, you know, we could talk forever, and, and I hope to talk uh, real again real soon. But uh, I got to ask you the question I ask everybody. I'm, I'm really curious on this one. It could be New York. It could be Bay Area. It could be anywhere. Chris Mullen, what's your favorite restaurant? Oh, boy. So New York, you know, that they've got tremendous restaurants. Um, but you know what? Being a true New Yorker, if you go there, and if anyone goes there, go down to Bleecker Street, which is in the West Village, and go to John's Brick Oven. Okay. Yep. That's all you need to go, and you're, and you're good for the day. <laughs> in, in the, okay, so John's Brick Oven yep. on Bleecker Street. That's the spot. That's great. Nice pizza, and then it's in a nice little walking street, and nice some pastries, little cappuccino, and you're all good. Uh, in the Bay Area, I'm going to have to go with Yo's on Hearts, which is in Danville. My favorite sushi place. That sounds great. Uh, okay, now I always do this right before lunch, of course. Well, I'm you got to get the Warriors practice. And I'll be starving thinking about all this, especially maybe a slice or two is when I'll be be thinking about it in my head here. Uh, but Chris, tremendous talking to you uh, again. Uh, we we go way back, and you are yep. you are one of my favorite people. Always have been, and uh, it's it's great reconnecting with you. And, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you real soon. Tim, always my pleasure. I always appreciate not only your friendship, but your incredible knowledge and professionalism. So thank you. My pleasure. All right, Chris. That's everybody. It's Chris Molinaire on TK Show. Great conversation. Great guy. Uh, a lot to talk about. We could have gone another 45 minutes, but I promised him it would be 25, and I think I went over that anyway. But, uh, uh, again, thanks, Chris Mullen. That's the TK Show for today. Memorial Day sales event at South County Ram. The biggest Ram sale ever. 100 Rams must be sold. Lifted, lowered, diesel, heavy duty, light duty. Start your business with the Ram ProMaster. Make your profit to go. Check out these great deals. Ram 1500 automatic. Just $17,777. Ram 1500 four-door. $21,777. Drive a little, save a lot in Gilroy.